This year is definitely one for the record books. 2020 has indeed been a turbulent time on many fronts given Brexit, the COVID-19 pandemic and the US elections to name but a few. As we approach the end of a year marked with many challenges and uncertainties, there might be a widespread reluctance to make firm plans for 2021. In this Market Matters podcast series, we explore the most prominent economic themes with investment analysts from old mutual multi-managers. They help us make sense of the equity, property and fixed interest markets and also share insights on how diversification could be the key to survive next year and beyond. Today we're talking to Michael Dodd. He is the head of equity at Old Mutual Multi-Managers at the investment team there. Michael is responsible for the management of all Old Mutual Multi-Managers investment funds and strategies. It's a big job. And as the head of equity, uh, also mainly responsible for the asset class and manager research. Uh, Michael's also involved in the investment team decision-making processes around manager selection and asset allocation. That's a bit of a mouthful to get going. I, I hope that I've got that right for you, Michael. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for having me. Um, mostly right. Very flattering. Thanks very much. Let's jump right in, first of all, and uh, and break that down, just so people have context as to exactly what you're doing uh, with a team. And then we'll we'll drill down, get a bit more granular with, with the equities and stuff. But just, a, just a side note as well, uh, this podcast is being recorded at the end of November uh, 2020. It's been a heck of a year. So let's go back quickly and just talk about your role and uh, tie us in so we can get down to it. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, I mean, like you said, I am head of South African equity manager research uh, within the old mutual multi-managers investment team. But I think, you know, rather than, um, you know, I, I can't take credit for everything uh, as much as I would like to, um, <laughs> you know, the, it's, you know, what we do is very much a team-based effort. Um, so while I am, I suppose, the lead person on the, the equity manager research, there's a whole team that is behind this. There's a whole load of us that are doing the work behind the scenes. Um, and the the way that we tend to operate is, you know, even though equity is what I specifically look after, you know, we we try to employ a bit of a generalist approach as well, where we all sit in on each other's meetings. Um, you know, have a you know, it, it's important to have an opinion on things like fixed income, the global equities, because ultimately, when we're putting the whole funds together, that's you know, it's important to have that kind of context as well. Well, forgive me for stating the obvious, but I mean, you can't just put equities into a silo. It all works together, doesn't it, really? Exactly. Yeah. Let's jump right in then, because it's been a <laughs> it's been an interesting year looking back over 2020. And I know you must have spoken about this many times, uh, but I think there's a little bit of sunshine on the horizon with the turnover into 2021. Uh, how has the equities market, the locals, the South African equities market fared uh, over the past 11 months? Let's start from the beginning of this year. What's what's going on? Yeah, all well, it's, I mean, as I don't even need to, I don't need to reference the equity markets to to tell people that it's been a rough year. Mm. You know, obviously the, the year you can probably split up into into a few different pieces as as we have in, in our own lives where we're all sort of working from home and enduring lockdowns and, and living with the, the pandemic. Um, the the equity market itself, the South African equity market, um, had a pretty torrid time in the first quarter of the year, as did you know most global equity markets. Mm. But our market in particular was um, particularly hard hit. Had a, a pretty rough first quarter, and then I think from there, uh, particularly in the second quarter, saw so that was when the the rebound started. 
Um, and, you know, we saw a, a bit of a recovery in our markets from what were pretty extreme low levels. And where we sit today towards the end of November, um, we are having a bit of a better month. Um, you know, as things stand for November, it's it's going pretty well so far. Um, a few days left to kind of hang on to the gains yeah. that have been made so far. Mm. But, you know, even with the recovery that we've had and the, you know, the in particular what's happened this month, our equity market still, uh, you know, depending on the, the index that you're using, um, haven't yet had time to recover. So the equity benchmark that we use on our side is called the cap Swix. Um, as things stand, the cap Swix is still negative uh, for the year so far, down by about three odd percent or so. Um, some of the other indices in our market are, are marginally positive but i think you know we, we've had we've had the recovery but still haven't quite got our heads above water mm. um and if you compare that to particularly some of the global markets which are now you know strangely quite positive and and bombing on for all-time highs again you know our, our market has generally lagged uh, the global recovery Interesting, though, that I was reading an article earlier on today, actually, that was talking about some sectors within our local market. And I mean, some of the tech firms have done incredibly well. You know, the reliance on this this lockdown has made tech firms boom, internet connectivity companies. MTN was one that came to mind. Uh, whereas, you know, you look at the restaurant industry, you look at the entertainment sectors, etc. They're at the bottom of the pile. So without getting into it, really, you have to see there's been booms in some areas and others. There's just been a complete flop, hasn't there? Yeah, that's right. And the market recovery has not been broad-based and it has not been equal. Mm. Um, and and as you point out, there have been what we call COVID beneficiaries and COVID casualties right. um, through uh, through all of this. And and the tech sector, as you point out, you know the the South African market has a very limited tech sector. Mm. It's it's basically NASPAS and process. But you know you you compare that to the global markets and what the tech companies have done there, they've generally held up quite well. And as you quite rightly point out, some of the companies that are more consumer facing and rely on, you know, a, a normally functioning economy where people are moving around and people are going to offices and people are going to shopping malls, that particular segment of the market has continued to struggle. So looking at, you know, in particular, your property companies, um, things like your banks, uh, some of your retailers, you know, that area of the market has continued to struggle. Uh, if we talk about the, the global markets, you alluded to them a few times now in the last few minutes. Um, let's just talk about that, uh, the composition of our market compared to global markets. Why why are they seeming to do better than, than ours? Well, I think there's a few factors behind it. Um, I think our market looks very different to what global markets do in terms of its makeup and its composition. Um, and there are a few sectors in our market that are quite heavily weighted, you know, when you when you compare um, us to the to the global markets. And I think the, the one standout in the South African market in particular is um, the resources sector. So, I mean, as you would imagine, you know, the, the South African market and the, the South African economy has been built on, you know, things like mining and the, the resources that the country has. And resources make up about 26% of our local equity benchmark. Um, but if you compare that to the global equity benchmark that we use and the, the MSCI All Countries, which is that particular benchmark, 
the resources sector, which for the purposes of industry classification gets called materials, actually only makes up about 5% um, of that market. So the resources composition is a bit of a standout. Um, and we touched on it earlier, but the you know one of the, the areas where the South African market is underweight, I guess, relative to um, to the global markets is the tech sector, where we've we've really got NASPAS and process, and depending on your your classification, that might not even be classified as a tech sector. And we've seen this year, in particular over the the last few years, the rise of some of these technology companies, um, particularly in the US, the rise of the the FANG stocks or the FANMAG stocks or whichever acronym you are you're leaning towards and whichever acronym people are using using nowadays. Um, but also in particular, if you look at if you look at the emerging markets index, the technology sector there dwarfs the tech companies that we have in our market, driven by, you know, in particular some of the the tech companies that that have grown uh, within China. So yeah, I guess long, long answer to the question, but I think a number of factors in the makeup of the the South African market versus the global market. Gotcha. Yeah, globally having having probably more of those uh, those companies that are, have held up a lot better. So you got to extend a hand of sympathy to the the equity managers in South Africa at this stage. I'm giggling out of sympathy, really, because I'd love to know their position right now. What's going on through South African equity managers' heads? Yeah, so you know the the South African equity equity managers and and how they're positioned. I mean, our managers have actually done reasonably well um, through through this period, but how the managers have started to think about our market and and in particular how they position their portfolios is they tend to think in terms of rand hedges versus what they call colloquially SA Inc. Um, so your your rand hedges being the the companies that you know aren't necessarily reliant on the success of the South African economy mm-hmm. and all of that to mm-hmm. generate their earnings growth whereas the the SA Inc companies being your more domestically focused and in general our managers still prefer in terms of their exposure within the portfolio the offshore earners over the the SA Inc companies although i think it's it's probably worth pointing out as well and that you know we've had we've had a few conversations with our managers over the course of the last few months and in that we've seen and we we have noted that there has been some selective buying of um, some of the domestic companies on a on a more opportunistic basis because you know in reality you know, some of those companies are actually very very cheap mm. um, at the moment at a sector level um, you know the uh, the favored stock sector within our market remains the technology sector our managers still like uh, the the growth story of Naspers and Process which is you know in particular linked um, to the, the the growth story of Tencent but I think also in addition there are some underlying Businesses within those companies, um, such as the classifieds and the, um, in particular, the food delivery businesses uh, within uh, the process stable, which has been a beneficiary of some of the lockdowns around the world, as you know, people have been staying at home, restaurants haven't been open, and the trend around food delivery has really accelerated uh, within the the last year, and they see potential for um, particular earnings growth within those companies, and then. Within resources, I think in general, our managers are marginally underweight, um, that sector at the moment. But with, within that sector, it's important to look through and understand which parts of the resources sector you are, you actually have positions in and where you are overweight and underweight, because it's a big catch-all term, but there are many different areas within uh, within that sector. So 
in particular, the managers being overweight, uh, some of the diversified miners and the platinum miners. Um, so favoring companies like Anglo-American, um, Impala Platinum, Northern Platinum. Then within that and where the underweight comes from is that our, our managers have a fairly large underweight uh, to the gold miners and the, um, the gold companies within that sector. I think lastly, maybe just to touch on the SA Inc. exposure um, and the why the, the managers remain underweight there. And, and that largely comes through um, from a general underweight to financials, I think, of all of the sectors in our market, that is the one that is probably the greatest proxy for the South African economy because it includes the banks, the insurance companies, the the property companies, the ones that are effectively at the you know bearing bearing the brunt of of lockdowns and consumer activity, um, and you know the the managers I think in particular struggle to find some value, particularly in the in the property area of that of that sector. Interesting, very interesting. So rough year. Uh, looking forward as we uh, we're talking about the the new year dawning uh, where's it going i mean i'm i'm asking you to look into your crystal ball here uh how are we going to assess that uh, 2021 scenario what's what's our local equity market going to look like how's the global market going to affect us uh, what do you, what do you think's going to happen yeah, I mean, as you as you'd say, we we love a crystal ball yeah. <laughs> to, to know the answer. I always feel bad asking things. that question because you know you can't, you can't answer going. How must I know? But based on what you do know, <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> no, you know, it's it, I mean, it's it's obviously a very important question um, because the because in particular the role that the the South African equity market plays in our lives and 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 also the role that it plays within our portfolios and the 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 return targets that we're trying to hit. It's a it's an important generator of you know returns. You know we we ultimately needed to do well. Sure. And I think in terms of assessing the prospects, we we need to we look at that through a number of different lenses. Um, and and a few things that we we kind of focus on. And the, the first of those is we look at you know the prospects for earnings growth uh, within within those companies. And the consensus view is that you know the the outlook for earnings growth in 2021 is obviously a lot better uh, than what that what earnings have delivered in 2020. Um, so the there's what we call the base effect um, of you know a very poor year in 2020 is sort of translating into a bit of an earnings rebound of very low bases going into 2021. So the expectation is that that next year the earnings you know there'll, there'll be a return to some sort of earnings growth. The earnings picture will look a lot better uh, than it did this year. Um, but then looking out beyond that, that's where things start to get a little bit more unclear and a little bit more uncertain in terms of what happens 2022 and beyond. But generally, you know, the, the, the backdrop for earnings looks reasonably positive in 2021. One of the other things that we pay attention to, um, and I think what has become clear in the last few months to us as well, is that there has been large amounts of I think excess pessimism that's been priced into the South African market, um, and you know, in recent conversations that we've had with some of the the asset managers that we use, um, there's there's two areas that they've kind of flagged. The one has been the positive trajectory on earnings revisions. Now, what that is effectively saying is the consensus builds in certain return expectations for various companies. Um, and, you know, as time progresses, they adjust those either upwards or downwards. And there's been generally a bit of positive momentum in some of the earnings revisions, which means that 
people are revising their earnings estimates upwards and, and maybe an acknowledgement that they were previously a little bit too pessimistic. Right. And that was, I think, echoed by one of our other equity managers in one of the conversations we had where they actually pointed out that they were monitoring all of the the updates and and all of the results that, that various companies were coming out with. And generally, that those things came in a little bit better than what they expected. Right. So I think an acknowledgement that it would suggest that companies have been holding up a little bit better uh, than expected during the crisis. And then finally, um, I think just to round it all out, one of the one of the important things to take into consideration when assessing the prospect for returns is what we call valuation. Um, and and valuation is important because it's a cornerstone of our investment philosophy. It's it's basically, in other words, assessing how cheap or expensive a market is relative to other opportunities that you may have. Um, and I think the, the fact is that no matter which way you slice it um, at the moment, the, the South African equity market currently looks very cheap. That is cheap relative to its own history, cheap relative to what you know valuations look like in developed markets, cheap relative to what it looks like in other emerging markets. And that is, you know, whether you include or exclude NASPIS, whether you look at it on a standalone basis or, or whether you look at it relative to other equity markets around the world, um, our market currently does look fairly attractive. And I think in terms of a guideline for future returns, valuation does give you a very good signal um, as to what your your future returns could look like maybe sort of five years down the line. As much as we'd love to sit here and be able to tell you, you know, this is going to happen in the next year because that's, this is where valuations yeah. are. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that sure. on a, on a one-year basis. But if you have more of a medium to longer-term mindset, history has kind of said that if, if you buy at the, the levels that markets are currently at, Within sort of five years or so, you you've generally been rewarded with decent returns when you buy it at, at current levels. So yeah, I think in in summary, still quite cautious on the outlook for growth, um, particularly for the South African companies, and and I think the the challenges to the growth outlook I think are fairly well known within our market. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the the asset class itself does look reasonably attractive. One of the things you do have to balance up is is how does it look relative to some of the other asset classes? Um, and you know, within a within a South African context, every South African asset class, with the exception of perhaps cash, currently looks quite cheap. Um, so you you are competing for attention with the the bonds and the property market, which which also look quite attractive um, at the moment as well. So. Um- potential buyers potentially not licking their fingers just yet but maybe in the uh, the next few months might be uh, as you say getting quite a good deal provided you hang on for a five year term you you you're looking pretty good to uh, to get an upside to any uh, any stock that you might buy yeah i think just looking at the uh, the the market as a whole but i think as our managers have pointed out there's a need to be selective yeah. um, i think as well you don't want to fall into you know what what managers often call value traps right and that's where you'd come in which is a perfect way to end it really uh for the uh, the people in the know and who've dealt with this and who deal with this all the time that's that's a fantastic way to wrap it up michael thank you very much for your time nice insight a nice sort of uh, dipstick into uh, into what's happening the year that has passed and may 2021 bring you a little bit more of a smile as opposed to the dreadful year that we've had so far i hope that things get better next year Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, Thanks very much, Ian. Great. Thank you. 
Old Mutual multi-managers are a specialist investment boutique within the Old Mutual Group, South Africa's largest and most established financial services company. They offer affordable investments that blend together the best of South African and offshore asset managers. Old Mutual Multi-Managers is a division of Old Mutual Life Assurance Company South Africa Limited, a licensed financial services provider and life insurer.